Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in again. We are continuing in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. And we left off yesterday talking about God's Got a Better Way, GGBW, which is a program I do for youth and to teach them about the benefits of God's way because God has a better way. We finished up yesterday talking about the curse of the law, the blessing of the law, and the mercy and grace of God. We read Romans 8, 1 through 2, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I mentioned that there's two powerful purposes for grace in our life. The first one is that we're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, out of Ephesians 2.8. And secondly, his grace is sufficient for us, for his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses, which is out of 2 Corinthians 12.9. Simply speaking, this means that all our sin has been paid for by his grace, and we now have the ability and power to walk free from sin through the power of his grace. This is why 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There is no temptation that we're not able to resist. We may not feel that way at times, but all the power and all the grace is available to us if we believe and receive. We don't walk by our senses. We walk by faith in his word, out of 2 Corinthians 5.7. And this is why my favorite saying is simply, We are saved by grace through faith that works by love. Let me say that again. We are saved by grace through faith that works by love. Yes, grace is where it all begins, and love is how grace manifests. So how do we approach the Ten Commandments today? Well, we approach them by grace, through faith, that works by love. This is why Jesus was able to sum up all the law and the prophets in two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, out of Matthew twenty-two thirty-five through 40. Because God's got a better way. Can we approach the Ten Commandments in faith? Can we see them as holy, just, and good? They brought us death, but that's good. They brought us to Christ. Now that we have life, should we put them away? No, like Moses, we should teach them. They are the best moral laws that have ever been written. There are laws of justice and laws of morality. Well, which is most important? Well, they're both very important. However, moral laws are the foundation for laws of justice. Without moral laws, we will be unable to determine what is fair, just, legal, and righteous. 
God wrote the moral laws in stone. God said, teach them. So that's what I'm doing now. What are the problems in our community? Well, let me name just a few. How about teen pregnancies, STDs, abortion, pornography, divorce, single mothers, fatherless children, deadbeat dads, perversion, rape, racism, injustice, violence, hatred, stealing, lying, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, greed, illegal drugs, alcohol, murder, crime, just to name a few. I believe we need help, and we need it right away. But God's got a better way for me, for you, for our families, and for all our children. A quote from Brad Bright says, If there is no God, then there is nothing in the universe that obligates me to love my neighbor as myself. And Fyodor Dostoevsky says, If there is no God, then everything is permitted. You see, the real issue is not sin, but it's God. God is the issue. Jesus Christ said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Exodus 24.12 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. I have no issue with knowing who I am in Christ and also understanding the Ten Commandments as a great document of wisdom for life. So as we endeavor to look at these commandments, I want to approach them very carefully from a point of grace, somewhat like our mother instructed us not to touch the hot stove. While we know our sins have been blotted out by the blood, we still need to understand that there are certain boundaries that will keep us from getting burned, like don't play in the street, don't run on the tracks, don't do drugs, put your seatbelt on, and wear your helmet while riding your bike. One piece of wisdom I feel is always smart for driving a car is what I call KYD for life. That's the letters KYD, the number four in the word life. It stands for keep your distance for life. Sure, it's smart. If we keep our distance from the people in front of us, we'll have a lot more stopping space. Following this single truth could save thousands of lives. As we study God's ten boundaries, we must understand that our righteousness is a free gift from God through Christ alone, and our purpose in this study is that we might know what sin is, what we have been forgiven of, and what to avoid for success in life. In other words, how not to get burned. As a pastor, I advise everyone to learn them, take them to heart, and know that grace and love will enable you to walk in the Spirit and avoid the pitfalls. If any of us makes a mistake, the blood still covers. Get back up. Repent. Thank God for his grace and continue to walk forward in the Spirit. Like Jesus told a woman caught in adultery, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's out of John eight eleven. And as Paul instructed the Corinthians, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, he says in Romans 6, 1. In order to do that, we need to know what sin is. The Ten Commandments can be divided into two categories, those having to do with our relationship with God and those having to do with our relationship with our neighbor, or we could say with man. Four of them are toward God, and the last six are toward our neighbor. They're found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And the first commandment is, Do not worship any other gods besides me. Well, what is a god? 
A God would be a creator, a maker, and a savior. John fourteen six, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts four twelve. nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Romans 1, 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. He is God, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the only true God. There is no other, therefore he is the only one we should worship. That's pretty simple. I understand that. And the second commandment is, do not make worship or bow down to idols of any kind. What are idols? Well, idols are man-created objects that people worship as if they were gods. Examples would be gold, silver, stone, wood, and representations of trees, stars, or animals. Also, there are things that represent power, like money and even the human body. Nothing created by man can replace the Creator. No man-created idols should ever receive our worship. Riches, people, animals, and things created by God are not our provider, nor are they our deliverer. We should not worship things created. Rather, we should worship the Creator. Psalm 135, 15-18 says, the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them. And so is everyone who trusts in them. And Romans one twenty five in the Living Bible Version says, Instead of believing what they knew was the truth about God, they deliberately chose to believe lies. So they prayed to the things God made, but wouldn't obey the blessed God who made these things. And I have a quote that sums it up. Don't worship the tree that God made. Worship the God who made the tree. Now that's not difficult to understand either. And the third commandment is, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. In my late 20s, I was a waiter in a restaurant. One day, a fellow waiter broke a glass in the ice cooler. They immediately said, GD, I am certain you know what they actually said. Then they turned to me and apologized, thinking I would have been offended. I answered back, well, I would be if you used my name. However, I would suggest you apologize to him. <laughs> well, it didn't seem to go over very well, but I believe I got my point across. Another name commonly used to express many frustrations or anger is Jesus Christ. It seems like both of their names have become household words for hatred, anger, frustration, and in truth are used as curses. God does not damn. It is not his will that anyone perish. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. We should not misrepresent God's character by using his name inappropriately. We should not falsely use his name or make an oath to testify of a truth. We should never use profane utterances using his name. We should never align his name with evil. Why? Well, it's a lie. Just think. Would you like it if someone used your name in a lie? Hmm, that's easy. I get that one too. So far, I'm guilty of having committed the first three. All I have to say is, thank God for his forgiveness. I was talking with a fellow minister and he expressed the Ten Commandments from a view of grace in a very interesting way. 
He said, instead of understanding thou shalt not from a negative correctional commandment view, that because we have the law of God written in our hearts, and we've been born again, and we now have the Spirit of God residing within our spirit, we can view the negative thou shalt not to be a positive you will not. In other words, because the power of grace and love is within us, one, we don't have to sin, and two, we don't will to sin, and three, we are able to walk in the Spirit. We could say it this way, what used to be death has now become life. This is why Romans seven twelve says, Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. And in 1 Timothy 1, 8, it says, But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. The power of sin has been broken. We are no longer slaves to its prison, and although we still have the ability to sin, we are no longer a slave to its nature, and we're free to choose. But like I said previously, even though we are free, we can still commit lying, stealing, adultery, and so on. This is not good advice, however. We're out of time again, but I look forward to being with you tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.